You have to stir up your gifts. Pray some bold prayers. Take steps of faith. What's trying to stop you is defeated. The people who were holding you back, they've lost their influence. The sickness, the addiction, the trouble at work, those powers have been broken. Now do what the Father requires. Move forward. Believe for your healing. Speak victory over your children. It's time to take possession of what God promised you. Hi, this is Joel and Victoria. Thanks for listening to our podcast and thanks for supporting the ministry. If you enjoyed today's message, why don't you be a blessing and share it with a friend? We appreciate you and pray for God's very best in your life. May God bless you. It's great to be with you today. And I hope you'll stay connected with us during the week through our daily podcast, our YouTube channel, social media. We'll keep you encouraged and inspired. But I'd like to start with something funny. And I heard about five relationship tips for women. Number one, it's important to find a man that loves you and is loyal. Number two, it's important to find a man that's fun and makes you laugh. Number three, it's important to find a man that's a hard worker, provides a good living. Number four, it's important to find a man that's a great father and good with children. And number five, it's important that none of these four men know each other. <laughs> All right, y'all. I told that to Victoria yesterday. We were with some friends down at the church. When I finished, she started walking away. I said, where are you going? She said, to find my other three men. <laughs> I said, listen here, baby, you got four in one here. So that's what I believe anyway. <laughs> Come on, say it like you mean it. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I will be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess, my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, God bless you. I want to talk to you today about it's already defeated. We all face situations that should hold us back. What we're up against is bigger and stronger. It's easy to live in fear, intimidated, thinking that it could never work out. But the scripture says in 1 John chapter 4, because you belong to God, you have already defeated the enemy. What you're up against has already been defeated. God is not in the heavens fighting with the enemy, trying to free you, heal you, deliver you, favor you. The battle has already been won. 2,000 years ago, when Jesus came up out of the grave, he defeated everything that can hold you back. He took care of it once and for all. The scripture says he rendered the enemy powerless. One translation says he brought him to naught. Naught means zero. Wasn't even close. It was a shutout. Here's the beauty. Because you belong to God, because you're his child, you have already defeated the enemy. Anything you face in life, you need to see it as defeated. Don't pray for victory. Pray from victory. Father, thank you that I am free. I am healed. I am forgiven. I am prosperous. I am victorious. But the challenge is, even though our enemy is defeated, he makes a lot of noise. The scripture says he goes about as a roaring lion. He's not a lion. He can't overpower you. He can't control your destiny. He's like a lion. That means he's loud. He'll roar negative thoughts. That sickness will be the end of you. You'll never meet the right person. You've made too many mistakes. There's nothing good in your future. Do yourself a favor, ignore the roar. 
Don't believe his lies. When those thoughts come, just give him the zero sign. Remind him, you have no power over me. You've already been defeated. Because I belong to God, I will walk in victory. I will live and not die. I will prosper and succeed. I will stay in peace in the midst of the storm. When you know what comes against you has already been defeated, it changes your outlook. You won't live in fear, worried about your future, letting doubt hold you back. You'll move forward knowing that God has already taken care of anything you'll face. The path has already been cleared. It says in Daniel, the people who know their God will be strong and do exploits. When you know your God and what he's done, that he's already defeated the enemy, that he's taken away his power, that he's brought him to zero, then you will be strong. You won't be moved by opposition. You won't fall apart when trouble comes. You won't give up because someone did you wrong. You know it can't stop your purpose. You'll not only have a supernatural strength, but you'll do exploits. You'll take your family to a new level. You'll break addictions that have held you back. You'll accomplish dreams bigger than you've imagined. Now have the right perspective. Whatever enemies you face, enemies of fear, enemies of depression, enemies of sicknesses, enemies of insecurity, they have already been defeated. Now here's the key. If you don't realize this, you can let a defeated enemy keep you from your destiny. Years ago, there was a missionary in Africa. He was traveling by horseback down this narrow winding trail. It was a hot Sunday afternoon. He was on his way to one of the little villages. As he approached a sharp turn in the trail, the horse stopped and wouldn't go any further. It sensed that something was wrong around the corner. He couldn't make the horse go. He finally got off and looked around the curve. There was a huge snake about 10 feet long, very thick, curled up right in the middle of the past, basking in the sun. He had his head hidden under this small flat stone. The man's heart was gripped with fear. He'd been warned about how dangerous and poisonous the snakes were. And he didn't know what to do. He didn't have any kind of weapon. There was no way around the path. It was thick with trees and brush on each side. After about 15 minutes, he got his nerve up. He picked up the biggest rock he could possibly find. He was going to throw it on top of that flat stone where the snake was hiding his head. He moved very cautiously forward, trembling with fear, the back of his mind thinking, what if I miss? What if I don't kill him, just make him mad? He may turn around and bite me. Amid all those fears, with the adrenaline flowing, he hurled that rock on top of the snake with all of his might. Much to his surprise, the snake didn't move. He got a little closer and suddenly realized the snake was already dead. Someone passing that way before him had crushed the snake's head and just left him lying in the path. The good news is someone has already been down our path and cleared it of everything that could harm us. When Jesus came to the earth, he went around doing good, healing people, showing mercy, but the religious leaders didn't accept him. Even though he had done no wrong, they put a crown of thorns on his head and forced him to carry his own cross to be crucified. Hanging on the cross, he could have called angels to come rescue him, but he didn't do it. He hung there for you and for me. The nails didn't hold him on the cross. Love held him on the cross. 
It's all a part of God's plan. The scripture says, for this reason, the Son of God came to earth to destroy the works of the enemy. Jesus went before us and crushed Satan's head. He took away all of his power. Now we can live a victorious life. But I wonder if you're letting a dead snake keep you from moving forward. What's in your path may seem harmful. Looks like you can't get around it. You're afraid, can't sleep at night, trouble at work, child that's off course, mistakes you've made, guilt, condemnation. If you'll start moving forward, you'll discover the snake is already dead. God didn't leave you here on this earth with enemies that can stop your destiny. They're already defeated. But in order to see what God has done, you have to take steps forward. You can't let fear dominate. They've worried about your future. Believe in the roar that the obstacle's too big, the addiction too strong, sickness too powerful, the mistake too great. Yes, it looks intimidating, but it's not what you think. The head is already crushed. God has already taken care of what's trying to stop you. Don't let a dead snake keep you from reaching your destiny. The power in you is greater than any power that's coming against you. If you were on your own, it would be a problem, but you're not on your own. The Most High God lives in you. Isaiah said, he goes before you and makes crooked places straight. He's already gone before you and defeated those enemies. Jesus said in John 14, the prince of this world comes and he has no power over me. Now, I'm not saying that you won't have difficulties, things that are not fair. The prince of this world will come. That's the enemy. But you can say like Jesus, he has no power over me. I know a secret. He's already been defeated. We didn't defeat him. Jesus defeated him. But because we belong to Christ, his victory is our victory. Because he lives, we can live. Because he rendered him powerless, we can walk in freedom. Now, to see this victory, you can't have a defeated mindset. Joel, I'm under attack. The enemy's working overtime on me. I don't know what I'm going to do. No, the right attitude is the enemy has no power over me. He used to have power. He used to have the keys to death and hell, but Jesus took away those keys. He lost his power. His conqueror, our Savior, gave us the keys. Now we have authority. Now we can live in victory. And instead of being under attack, when things come against us, you need to be on the attack. Father, thank you that every force that's trying to stop me has already been defeated. I will not shrink back in fear, letting a dead snake fool me. I know you've already crushed his head. I know you've already won the victory, so I will move forward knowing that you always caused me to triumph. When my father was in his 40s, he had a dream one night. He was in this room about 30 feet by 30 feet, and in one corner of the room was this very evil being, like Satan himself, upon a throne. In another corner was this man trying to get out of the room. There was only one door, and my father was standing by that door watching all this take place. The man wanted out so desperately, but he couldn't move. He was flailing his arms like he was swimming, struggling to inch forward. But Satan just kept staring at him. It was like this evil gaze was holding the man captive. At one point in the dream, my father spoke up and said very forcefully, 
I will walk out of here in the name of Jesus. Satan looked at him, tried to hold him with his gaze, but it had no effect. My father opened the door and walked out. He woke up, didn't know what the dream meant, didn't think much more about it. But several months later, he went through one of the most difficult times of his life. Been doing great, pastoring his church, happily married, but he suddenly felt overwhelmed by life. He lost his passion, couldn't sleep at night. He sunk into a deep depression. He told how when he woke up, he couldn't wait till night came. At night, he couldn't wait till the morning. He began to feel guilty about past mistakes this deep sense of shame and condemnation, so much so that he closed his offices, thought he was having a nervous breakdown, came out of the blue. There was no warning. He was faithfully pastoring, faithfully serving his church. Then the bottom fell out. Being a believer doesn't mean we won't ever be attacked. The prince of this world will come, but what I want you to see is he doesn't determine your future. He doesn't have the final say. Thoughts told my father that he would never minister again, that he had a terminal illness, something incurable, and it would get worse and worse. Fear gripped his heart. One day while he was praying, he said, God, where are you? Why won't you do something? And suddenly he remembered his dream. The scripture says, before you call, God will answer you. Before he ever came under the attack, God gave him this dream. It was as if God said, son, tell me what happened in the dream. My father recalled how that one man couldn't get out. God said to my father, what did you do in the dream? My father said, I walked out in the name of Jesus. God says, son, you're in that room right now. The enemy is fear. The enemy is torment. The enemy is lies. The only way to get out is to walk out in my name. Remind him of my victory. Sometimes we're praying, God, when are you going to do something? Don't you see that I'm under attack? God says, I've already done it. I've already defeated every enemy that will try to stop you. Now you have to get on the attack. You have to rise up and walk out of it. My father dried his tears, got his passion back. In the face of fear, he started speaking faith. I will fear no evil. I am strong in the Lord. No weapon formed against me will prosper. Little by little, he got his passion back, got his vision back, got his power back. After several months of staying in the house, being overwhelmed, he took a step of faith and accepted a speaking engagement. He was in another city where he had to fly. Well, he had flown all over the world. It was no big deal, but suddenly he had a fear of flying. Thoughts told him, you better not get on that plane. If you do, it'll be the last time you ever see your family. The only tools the enemy has is deception and lies. It's no different today than back in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. If you eat this fruit, you won't die. You'll become like God. Come on, you can eat it. He's called the father of lies. There's no truth in him. To reach your potential, you have to become skilled at dismissing his lies. He'll try to talk you out of your destiny. He's got a big roar. You can't get well. You never get past the depression. This problem's too big. Don't get on that plane. Ignore the roar. He's all bark and no bite. The only power he has is the power you give him by believing his lies. My father finally got his faith up. He was going to take that flight. 
The first time going out and speaking in months it was a big moment. Then a friend called and said, John, I just have a strange feeling that you're not supposed to fly. I just sense something bad may happen. Now I know people can give us advice and counsel, but sometimes the enemy will use people to try to keep you from moving forward. He'll do everything he can to try to keep you stuck in fear, thinking you can't get well, you can't get out of debt, you can't accomplish that dream. My father was at a critical point. Was he going to act on fear or was he going to act on faith? Was he going to stay in that room believing he was held captive or was he going to walk out knowing that the enemy was defeated? He took a step of faith, got his courage up, and he went to the airport. Normally the flight was a large jet with several hundred people, but this particular day, it was a twin engine prop plane that held about 30 people. When my father saw that, the enemy said, man, you better go back. This is a sure sign you're not supposed to go. He ignored it and got on the plane. When the pilot took off, my father told how he lifted up his seat to try to help out. When the pilot turned left, daddy leaned left. He made it there safely and flew for many years after that. But had my father not walked out of that room, had he let that dead snake paralyze him, he would have missed his destiny. And Jesus said, the prince of this world comes. He has no power over me. The next verse, but I will do what the father requires. That last part is the key. We're all going to face attacks, trouble, opposition. The prince of this world will come. He has no power over us, but we have to do what the Father requires. We can't sit back. Why did this happen? This is not fair. What the Father requires is to move forward in faith. Don't let fear hold you back. Don't believe the lies that it's permanent. Don't water down your dreams. The snake is dead. You can walk out of that room. Now get your passion back and go after what God put in your heart. This is what Joseph did. His fiance, Mary, became pregnant without knowing a man. She gave birth to Jesus in Bethlehem. When King Herod heard about Jesus, the scripture says he was deeply disturbed. He didn't like the thought of someone having more power and more influence than him. An angel appeared to Joseph and told him to flee to Egypt because Herod was going to try to kill Jesus. Joseph left in the middle of the night. Herod was so upset, he sent soldiers out to kill all the male babies two years of age and under. For two years, Herod wreaked havoc, causing so much pain and sorrow. One night, an angel appeared to Joseph again. He said, get up and take the child and his mother back to Israel, for those who are trying to kill the child are dead. Joseph's whole world had been turned upside down. Imagine someone trying to take your child's life, how on edge you would be, always looking over your shoulder, wondering what might happen. Then the news came to Joseph, Herod is dead. What's been trying to stop you is defeated. I'm sure Joseph was thrilled. Now they could relax and enjoy their life. But the next verse is the test. The angel said, go back to Israel. Take your son to his home. Joseph could have thought, God, I'm grateful that Herod is dead, but I don't want to take any chances. Let me stay here in Egypt. Let me stay here where I know it's safe. But to reach your destiny, you have to do what the Father requires. 
Herod is dead. The enemy has been defeated. Now, Joseph, you have to go and take your child to Israel. Notice, go and take. Don't stay in the room. Don't stay where it's safe. Don't let the setback keep you from pursuing your dream. Go and take what belongs to you. It's interesting that the pandemic has lasted a couple of years. Many of us have had to put dreams on hold. Plans were interrupted. People have gone through loss. It's easy to settle where we are. Just be grateful that we made it through. Thankful that the virus hopefully is passing. Herod may be dead, so to speak, but God is saying you have to go and take. If you're going to reach your potential, you have to stir up your gifts. Pray some bold prayers. Take steps of faith. What's trying to stop you is defeated. The people who were holding you back, they've lost their influence. The sickness, the addiction, the trouble at work, those powers have been broken. Now do what the Father requires. Move forward. Believe for your healing. Speak victory over your children. It's time to take possession of what God promised you. See, if Joseph would have played it safe, Jesus would have never made it back to Nazareth like it was prophesied. If my father would have stayed in that room, not gotten on that plane, I wouldn't be up here today. The enemy has no power over you. Now do what the Father requires. Don't let a dead snake cause you to settle for less than what God put in your heart. As a young man, Moses knew that God called him to deliver the Israelites out of slavery. He was a Hebrew, but he was raised by Egyptians. Pharaoh's daughter saw him floating down the Nile River. She took him in as her own son. One day Moses saw an Egyptian foreman mistreating a Hebrew slave. Something rose up in him and he killed the Egyptian man. He didn't think anyone saw him. He hid the man in the sand. But the next day, two people confronted him about it. Moses had to flee for his life. Spent 40 years on the backside of the desert. I'm sure he thought he'd missed his destiny. He'd made too many mistakes. In the middle of the night, thoughts would come. Man, you blew it. You had your chance. Now you're stuck out here in the desert. 40 years later, God came to him and said, Moses, I didn't forget about you. Go tell the Pharaoh to let my people go. I can imagine Moses saying, God, those people want to kill me. I'm a wanted man. God said in Exodus 4, don't be afraid to return to Egypt for all those that are trying to kill you are dead. God was saying, Moses, I've already taken care of what was trying to stop you. I've already dealt with your enemies. I wouldn't ask you to go if you were going to be defeated. We can all look back like Moses, see mistakes we made, things we should have done better. It was our fault. We think we just have to live with it. But God is saying, I've already taken care of your mistakes. I've already dealt with your past. I've already defeated what should have stopped you. I've already moved the wrong people out of the way. Your mistakes did not stop your purpose. Don't sit on the sidelines of life thinking you can't fulfill your destiny. Look what I've done. Man, I didn't make good choices. I should have raised my child better. Should have finished school. Should have been more disciplined. Can I encourage you? All those that were after you are dead. This is a new day. God has forgiven your sins. He has mercy for your mistakes. Nothing you've done has to keep you from your purpose. Now you have to do what God requires. 
The enemy is defeated, but your part is to go and take. Go after your dreams. Take possession of what God promised you. Moses went back to the Pharaoh, their very place he thought he would never see again. They didn't arrest him. He wasn't harmed. Despite his mistakes, he ended up delivering the Israelites. See, Joseph was afraid of his future. What will Herod do? Moses was afraid of his past. I've made mistakes. Both times God said, there's nothing to fear. I've defeated your enemies. I've taken care of what you're afraid of. When my father was six years old, there was this old house in the neighborhood that was abandoned, all run down, boarded up. As little kids, it looked very spooky to them. They called it the haunted house. They didn't walk by it unless they had to. When they did, they went as fast as they possibly could. They were all afraid of that house. Well, my father had a brother named Jack. He was several years older than him, and Jack would fight a tiger. He was brave, courageous. He knew no fear. One night about dusk, my father and some of the friends were standing off in the distance looking at the haunted house. Jack said, you know what? I'm going to go in the house. He might as well have said, I'm going to end my life. They thought he had lost his mind. Nobody ever got close to that house. My father was so concerned, so worried. He tried to talk him out of it. Jack, there's no way you can go in there. It's too dangerous. Jack wouldn't hear of it. His mind was made up. They all stood over to the side. Jack opened the front door, and just like a movie, it creaked so loudly, so eerie, sent chill bumps up and down their spine. He went in. They waited. One minute, nothing. Two minutes, nothing. Five minutes, nothing. Still no sign of Jack. Seemed like five hours. They were sure something was wrong. Something must have gotten him. About that time, they saw the shutters on the upstairs window begin to slowly open. Jack stuck out his head, said with a big smile, it's okay, fellas. There's nothing in here to harm us. On a Friday, 2,000 years ago, Jesus was crucified. They put him in the tomb. Looked like it was over. All of hell was celebrating, the demons rejoicing. But on that third day, on Resurrection Sunday, Jesus, our elder brother, opened the window and said to all of us, there's nothing to fear. I have the keys to death and hell. I've defeated the enemy. I've cleared the path. I've gone ahead of you and taken care of anything that could harm you. We don't have to live in fear. Fear the past. Fear the future. Worried about what we're up against now. The prince of this world may come, but we know a secret. He has no power over us. He's been dethroned, defanged, brought to zero. Now, my challenge is don't let a dead snake keep you from becoming who you were created to be. It may look intimidating, but God has already defeated it. Go and take what belongs to you. If you'll do this, I believe and declare you're about to step into new levels of freedom, influence, courage, chains that have held you back are being broken right now. Healing, restoration, the fullness of your destiny in Jesus' name. And if you receive it, can you say amen? I'd like to give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me? Just say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. 
If you prayed that simple prayer, we believe you got born again. We'd love to send you some free information on your new walk with the Lord. You can text the number or go to the website. I hope you'll get into a good Bible-based church and keep God first place. Thanks so much for listening to today's message. I hope you'll subscribe so you can receive the latest podcast to keep you encouraged and inspired all through the week. Help us to continue to share the message of hope with those all around the world. Visit joelosteen.com or click the link in the description to partner with us today. We hope you'll share this message with a friend and be sure to follow us on social media. We're praying for you. I know God's best is still ahead. We'll see you next time.